say I was a little nervous the first time I was ever on stage with a 12-inch kibasa. Now, why is that? Can I show you? Sure. I think we'd like to see what you have. Wouldn't we like to see? Right you now, you're getting a look at a live broadcast of the Howard Stern Show. And you're licking whipped cream off a kielbasa, and you're putting it in your mouth, and you're you're jamming the kielbasa all the way down your throat. Oh my God! Look at that. The entire kielbasa is going down. She has swallowed an entire 13-inch kielbasa. Look at that. A full 13 inches, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. You gotta love that, folks. You gotta love it, don't you, Ross? Oh. Ross Buckingham, have you ever seen a woman swallow an entire 13-inch kielbasa? When you were in the theater, did you ever work with a kielbasa? holiday but we're recording it on the Sunday at uh, this time. Uh, this is episode 64 of Dude and the Monkey and I'm Mark Foster and as ever I'm joined by my co-host Ian Loring, hey guys. Uh, and this week we, we have something a little bit different and uh, we're not sticking to our usual um, uh, layout. Uh, we've got a triple review uh, and we've also got the marathon for you as well. There's no one old, one new um, and um, well, we'll be doing trailers, but I haven't seen that much. I don't know about you, Ian, so uh, that might not take up no, as, as much of a thing. But we have reviews of um, 
current uh, hipster film du jour, uh, Blue Ruin. Uh, we've got uh, absolute not hipster du jour, um, Bad Neighbours. Uh, we also have a review of The Sacrament, the Thai, new Thai West horror, and our marathon, which is the uh, untitled uh, John Milius marathon, is Big Wednesday. Uh, get in touch with us, dudeandmonkey at gmail.com, at dudeandmonkey on Twitter, at Ian Lauren on Twitter, at dudepause on Twitter. Ian, do you have anything else to add before we, we, we no. dive into this bitch? Nah, man. I, I say let's yes, do this. Yes, let's do this. Uh, May the 4th be with you, because this is May the 4th, and that's probably going to piss some people off me saying that. So. But, but, but whoever is annoyed by that can bugger off. It's nice that people like yeah. things. I mean, Jesus Christ, Mark hates Star Wars, and even he's not fucking getting all pissy about it. it it's Star Wars is in the press a lot at the moment. Yes, it is. But if, you know, just people tweeting about it, it's not quite the end of the world. Let's just chill it out. It's only one and it's, day. It's a bit of fucking fun. It, it, it's a reason for a lot of people to watch a movie that makes them happy. Don't see the issue. So, let's, let's dive into it. Uh, how are we going to break it up? Is we are going to do Blue Ruins, Bad Neighbours and The Sacrament. But first of all, Ian, what trailers have you been watching? All right. Um, as, as you alluded to, not a lot. Um... In fact, I saw the trailer for What We Do in the Shadows, which is the uh, vampire spoof thing starring Jermaine Clement, which uh, looks all right. You know, um, I wouldn't go to the cinema to watch it, but I'll, uh, and I doubt it will even turn up in cinemas over here, if I'm honest, but it, it looks fine. Um, and I genuinely, oh, um, a, a variant of the Ninja Turtles teaser where you see a bit more of the actual turtles themselves. Still look like date rapists. Yeah, and um, I don't know, man. Um, I, I mean, if you want to refresh me, maybe. I, I'm seriously, I'm not uh, the uh, the Clark Gregg film. Uh, trust me, that's a trailer for that. Um, oh, yeah, looks okay. looks incredibly VOD. Um, I don't mean that in a negative way, but it, it, it looks very much like um, he's used his current popularity and the current sort of sway that he has at the moment to um, to you know, direct a movie that, you know, he's wanted to direct. Um, no problem with that. All power to the guy. Um, it looks all right, but um, there's nothing in there that makes me really um, want to want to rush out to see it. Uh, also, the trailer, the only the trailer I've seen, really, this, this week, I know, is uh, the trailer for They Came Together. Um, oh, I saw this as well. Okay, which, yeah. Um, looks shite to be honest uh, and with that cast you, you expect a lot more but it, it looks like a three four minute Saturday Night Live sketch stretched over to be an entire movie um, I'm, you know, it, it might just be one of those cases of bad trailer good film but it, it just looks a little bit too much like um, people poking fun at movies that they make their living out of I think it sets out, yeah, not, that's a very good point. Uh, I mean, fuck, Paul Rudd had been doing those kinds of films for about a decade. Yeah. So, you know, um, it. the thing is, it seems to be setting its stall out that these are the types of jokes we're going to be doing in this mm. film. We're going to be constantly, like, pointing and saying, hey, 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 we're taking the piss yeah. out of that, hey, hey. 
and uh, I, you know, I'll watch it because it ha- it does seem to have gotten some decent reviews from Sundance London at least. But uh, you know, it, it's one of those ones that I'll probably watch at the end of the year when I'm just trying to bulk out my end of year watching. You know, I, I it just it doesn't feel like it, it feels like it's going to be the fifth choice, the perennial like fifth choice of films I need to get to. And then something else is yeah. just going to kind of like leap over it, and it's just going to stay there and never get watched. Yeah, it's one of those films where I think if it's above 105 minutes, I'll be going, oh, that's a long time to spend with that. Uh, yeah, and yeah. because it's a comedy that features those guys, it's probably going to be above that. Um, they usually um, they usually are, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, there might be another trailer might come out and I might watch it and go, actually, do you know what, it looks pretty fucking good. Uh, but yeah, from the, that first trailer, it just looked a little bit, a little bit just really, you know. And with that cast, I expected a little bit, a little bit more. Um, right. Well, that that's it. Trailers. Uh, not a lot to get through. But then again, we've got a lot of other actual sort of um, films we've seen to get through. Um, so I'm gonna play you a the trailer for uh, Blue Ruin, and we'll get into that. I don't mean to scare you. You're not in any trouble. I just thought you should be somewhere safe when you found out. With somebody. He's going to be released. I don't know how much you think you're missed. You had a trailer there for Blue Ruin, the um, Jeremy uh, Solnier film, uh, was a film which started, which um, was brought to life by the uh, Kickstarter campaign. Uh, you know, it's not all uh, already. Was yeah, it really? it's a Kickstarter film, yeah. Oh wow. Um, so you know, it, 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 it's proof that Kickstarter isn't just a play thing for people like um, Zach Braff and Spike Lee to, you know get their funding it's it's more there is a lot more there um and you know it, it, it's it had uh, some good reviews um uh, from Cannes last year and sort of was bubbling under but seems to have kind of exploded these past 
for a few weeks. Um, mostly because it's a lot of very, very positive reviews. Um, it's a revenge thriller. Uh, we have actor uh, Macron Blair plays a character called Dwight, who spent um, seemingly years as a like a, a beach bum uh, collecting uh, cans, etc., to make money. Uh, and we quickly find out that the that he's he's doing this um, after uh, there's been a tragedy in the in his in his life uh, and. We are introduced very early. Remember, guys, we are all spoilers all the time, but we are introduced very early that what's happened is um, somebody who's committed a crime on his family um, is about to release from jail, and it sets in motion a chain of events. Um, Ian, uh, what did you think to uh, Blue Ruin? Yeah, um, I, I just realised something as well, which is interesting. This film is out on UK cinemas this weekend, and it's out on US iTunes, and then we're doing Neighbours, which is just cinemas only. Um, and then we're doing The Sacrament, which is kind of iTunes only or, or VOD only. So it's like a nice spread of stuff this week. I, I just it kind of came to me. Um, so yeah, I, um, I I went into Blue Ruin not knowing an awful lot about it. To be honest, it's. Um, I, I mean, obviously, based on the fact I didn't know it was a Kickstarter film, which is very impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it, it's like you said earlier on, it's kind of like the hipster film of choice. It's it's the one where people are going to say, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. But, you know, have you seen Blue Ruin? Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, you know, it's so good, blah, blah, blah. But um, it, it kind of, it does kind of merit it, I think. Um, it's, it kind of, it, it's basically like what, the Coen brothers would be doing if they were starting off now, I think, but maybe a bit, a bit more serious yeah. than them, but it's definitely got the moments of kind of slightly absurdist humor yeah. to it. I, I, I think, I mean, that there's the particular thing that I'm thinking of there is, um, where he's on the phone and he's talking about getting a gun. And then the guy in the boot, just like, it's just like, Dude, I can get you a gun. <laughs> you know, and it, you know, it, which is it, it's just fantastic. Um, and uh, you know, so I mean, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it just, uh, if anything, I think the film un actually underplays the more emotional stuff for me. Like, there's some kind of like revelations in terms of what's going on. There's one in particular which comes very, very, very late in the yeah. day that I kind of wish had been um, had been kind of um, uh, 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 fermented yeah, a bit. It's um, very yeah, much thrown away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, we ask all spoilers all the time. So if anyone's just wondering what I'm talking about, it, uh, the, the, where it's kind of like the fact that uh, what was it? His father was actually sleeping with their mother that's it isn't it yeah um you know so that i mean there, there are kind of twists all the way through meant the fact that the the youngest of the because essentially the, the, oh the, yeah the clan there's like a clan of all these kids that, that he ends up essentially going for some kind of revenge war with and it's like some revenge to yeah. and throwing and you find the youngest is actually his half-brother Oh, yeah, okay, there's totally that as well. But, I mean, like, through the film, I mean, like, the twist about halfway through where it turns out that he actually didn't kill the mm. guy who'd killed his mum and dad, you know, that that was interesting. And it, it you know, it, 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 
it slightly changes the way you're feeling about everything. And it, I mean, in fairness, like he seems to kind of react to that as well. Um, but then, you know, it's like right in the last five minutes of the film, you've got like what two pretty big revelations. And, you know, I mean, I, I suppose in a way, I suppose I'm glad that they didn't have a big histrionic, like shouting match about it. But at the same time, I, I actually want, don't say this, this this often these days. I wanted to spend more time with this film. Yeah, because it, it is only, I mean, it, it's under 100 minutes. It was in 97 minutes, something like that. Something like uh, that, So yeah. it, it does it, it does get in, get its thing done and, and you know, get get the fuck out. Uh, and it quite easily, yeah. you, you quite easily have, uh, could have had another 20 minutes uh, of it and I don't think you'd have broken the the tension that it, it was that was created with it. It is, um, it starts out very well and it, it drops these changes of beat and these changes of, of narrative and dynamic um, every so often. Uh, they're not all thrown at you. Uh, you know, there's you know within like the first ten minutes where you think that it's very, it's very simple that um, he's gone and he's found the guy who killed his parents and he's uh, he's killed them, and then he finds the guy, the kid in the car, and then he, he says to him, you know. He says, did you hurt Wayne? And he's like, yeah, but he hurt my parents first. And it's like, you know, and he says something along the lines of, um, maybe he didn't. And then walks away, and then that moment, it's like a, oh, shit, moment. And then it all just kind of starts spiralling from there. And these are all dropped in there every so often. But it's a, I I can see, definitely see what you're saying with the, 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 the sort of, it is, it does feel very coiny without those um, without those slightly more um, I don't want to say goofy because I think goofy is going too far but you know what I mean those affectations that Coen Brothers movies have that lift them out of reality that that's you 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 don't have M Emmett Walsh at the end of Blood Simple kind of like fucking what what is it that he does he like bursts his hands through through the through the yeah. wall. Or his head through the wall, even though, like, even though kind of that seems like Blade Runner, frankly. But there, there's a moment towards the end where he kind of just bursts through a wall, and it kind of almost feels like he, it's gone into kind of like surrealist comedy, where suddenly he's this out and out kind of like super villain or something like he's the Juggernaut. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it doesn't quite break that otherworldly thing, like like you say, yeah. But it's got the the dark southern kind, uh, you know. Uh, uh, um, uh, feel to it, and it, um, I don't know. It, it still, which, which no, we've had a lot lately. Um, I was listening to Film Junk, and they were reviewing Joe a couple of weeks back, and they were saying that uh, you know the, the whole kind of like the southern working class thing's been kind of played a lot in American indie cinema at the moment. But I, I think the fact that they actually concentrate on this central character who doesn't feel like he's really a part of that world. I mean, he basically, once he's scrubbed up, he look, he, he looks like a an office Yeah, it, and as well, uh, I think films like, for instance, um, Modern Winter's Born are very much uh, films where the destination and the location is in itself, uh, I, you know, I don't want to go as wanky as say it, it's a character in itself, but yeah, sure, it is, sure. they are very much films of that place and they make sense for that place. Whereas Blue Ruin never, you know, it does mention where it's set, but it's not, it's not a that's the blah way. Although there is the, you know, that that the the um, 
Cleland family do seem to be incredibly obsessed with guns. There is a lot of guns in that house. Um, mm. And but it's not like... It, it is one of those things where you are getting a lot of those Deep South kind of, you know, broken society movies. Uh, but this doesn't feel like it's kind of exploiting that idea. It's it's very much a revenge movie that happens to be set around sort of there. Yeah, no, abs- ab- yeah, absolutely. And I think that gives it a, a, a sense of not feeling played out, you know. And I mean, um, it, it, it's worth saying as well. I mean, Macon Blair in the lead role is um, a, a really pretty great. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't have to do an awful lot, weirdly. Like, he just has to be quiet and kind of wiry and sad. Mm. Um, but he does that. He does that very, very well. I don't know. I just... I, I do... I just... I wanted to spend more time with that character and him reacting to things. Yes. You know, and which, I mean, is the best complaint to have about a film that you wanted it to spend to spend more of your time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is with with his with the character of Dwight, you don't get to know anything about him from him. Um, it's from mm-hmm. other people's reactions uh, to him that, that, that his character is built. That's not a criticism of, of Macon Blair. Uh, it is very much, you know, it, it does feel very much like a deliberate um, ploy by um, by the filmmakers that this character, you find out that he's obviously, you know, at the start of it, He's obviously lived where he's living, which essentially on a beach, where his car on a beach, um, for an amount of time because the female police officer who, who comes to see him knows him by name and he's very much, you know, knows his situation despite the fact that he's clearly quite far from his hometown. Uh, and then, you know, there's a great interaction with his with his sister where he says, you know, I, I haven't talked to anybody. I'm not used to talking to people. And that kind of that follows through throughout the film, and then when he um, when he um, he finally he has a friend um, that he, he actually gets in touch with. Um, that friend is very quick to to kind of just help him. So you do get a backstory that you know that he wasn't you know he wasn't this weird strange character and everything, and this recluse before uh, what happened to his parents. You get the feeling that there is there is more story there that that they maybe didn't have time to explain or maybe deliberately didn't want to explain. They just wanted it to be about this particular passage. Yeah, I mean, I think it was probably more the latter, yeah. you know. And I mean, it, like there, there's I, there's real economy uh, in storytelling here, and I mean, it is it, it, it like you say, it's all done with the reactions to him, and uh, you know, and I mean, it, it's to an extent, it's a set of kind of tension set pieces strung together with a narrative which is a, a strong narrative but you know you've got um early on you've got uh him killing the guy um you've got uh him with the, the guy in the trunk and then that whole sequence where they're talking um and i mean you've got the the, the kind of the, the, the sequence towards the end there which i by the way i really like that was really fucking clever and I, I liked what that said about his character as well the way that he leaves the message and he's basic and then he stays in their house and he's basically seeing how they yeah. react before he decides what he's gonna do yeah, and it, 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 that it, was and it, great. as well he knows they're all going to be stood around that around there so he knows that he's got a great vantage point from which to get them. And the fact that he does seem very much 
with the, you know, the please leave my sister out of this. He, at that point, he's retreating as if to, you know, to not go through with it. And then when one of the brothers shouts, that's why we're going to Pittsburgh, at the thing, that's when he snaps. And that's the moment where he goes. He's, he, he says on the voicemail himself that he wants, he wants it to stop. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, if you guys want it to stop as well, then cool. And fra- like, if they were just like, okay, fine, that's the end of it, then he probably would have just snuck out, and that would have been or, it. Or even would have said, you can, you know, if you want, you can shoot me. That's it. Yeah. You have the upper hand. You have three. I have two. There we go. Um, but he can clearly see that no matter what happens, one of those women isn't gonna let it go. Yeah, but I, I yeah exactly. Uh, I I don't know. I just I thought that was wonderfully, like d- devilishly clever stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I mean, and that's kind of there throughout. I mean, even the beginning where um you know it, it kind of seems like someone's breaking into his house, but then it turns out that he broke into their house and he's just getting out. You know, like think it's it, it just his whole kind of way of being. There's a lot of stuff here that does like individual things that, that that do feel fresh and it's in a kind of environment which isn't all that fresh but it's made fresher by the other content around it you know it's, it's um... also an incredibly well thought out movie um hmm. where you know there's things like um nice li- little touches that just you know seem kind of insignificant but kind of make sense like the fact that um he doesn't leave the battery in the car while he's living in it. He takes it out. Yes. Um, and doesn't leave the tire. You know, the tires have, have gone down. There's all kind of just sort of little stuff like that that just you can tell that this is somebody really, really wanting to put everything into a film, and it's you know it looks gorgeous. You know, it's a really well shot film, uh, and it's a really it's a really well written film, and like you say, it, it very much is. It's telling its story, but you do get the world of it does feel lived in. It does feel like there's that there's something um, something certainly before it that's that's, that's living there. Um, and you know, like you say, it isn't often that we say that you know this film could have done or not maybe not could have done with, but I would have happily have spent more time watching this film. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I look forward to Jeremy Saulnier's difficult se- second album, I'll say. I, I, think he's um, done, I think he did a film before this, I think. Oh, no, he did, Murder yeah, Party. Which, yeah, which, no, actually, which when yeah, you yeah, then compare play. Murder Party to this, it's, you know, it, it is chalk and fucking cheese. Um, mm. it, it, this feels a very much, um, very similar to something like Blue Valentine. Uh, in terms of you know of where um, Derek Sanfrance went from from there to the place beyond the pines, like it's it going to be you might get that kind of trajectory if he gets because this I mean, let's face it the guy is going to get to make something else very soon because Blue he's been he's been quoted as saying he would like to do True Detective season two well yeah and I'd be. I, I, I'd be up hmm. for that. I wasn't as big a fan of True Detective as most people, even though I still liked it. But this guy's mode, <laughs> I, I, I would be happy watching eight episodes it's of that. Got, Blue Room's got an, an incredibly um, balanced tone. It, it, it genuinely feels um, 
like everything could happen like it happens. You know, he's not. Uh, Michael Blair hasn't spent all these years just as, as, as essentially a bum, really. Let's be honest. Um, but developed all these amazing kind of skills. He's terrible at everything that he's doing. You know, he's when he's setting up the things. If anything goes right, it's just sheer luck uh, more than sure. anything else. I mean, I quoted to Becca when we're watching it um, that um, when he's in his sister's house and he's set it up because he knows they're coming. It's like uh, it, it felt a little bit like um, Home Alone, but he's forgotten to set any traps at all. And it, sure. it's got what, which is weird because then Buzz from Home Alone turns up ten minutes later. Um, but it's weird the fact that he, the one weapon he can find is a uh, a garden fork, which you know for close house combat is not a very good idea. And it just yeah. seems like he it, it just he's kind of just kind of blagging his way through it a little bit. And trying to try to not get killed, really. Mm, mm, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, no. I mean, you, you don't get the sense that he's kind of a Superman here at all. I mean, Christ, the scene where he um, where he uh, kills the uh, the guy mm. uh, towards the start is uh, really ugly stuff. And that point also. I mean, the, I mean, because there is, like you were saying, the the, the the slightly amusing, almost sort of Cohen bits in it. Is like when the two guys go to his sisters, and you've got one of them brings a crossbow, and it's like that's that is a completely impractical weapon to bring to that. Um, but then it, you know you've got him trying to get the arrow out of his leg, which is just fucking you know, and he's he's in the um, the store, and one of the guys goes for the money, and one of the uh, the dollar bills he's got has got blood on it, and Dwight's like, yeah, I. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it does have it does have amusing moments like that kind of um, throughout the film where they're not they're not laugh out loud moments and they're not comedy moments they're just moments where it's a guy just going ah not nothing <laughs> <laughs> just just got some blood on it have a really shit day <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just it's that it's it's one of those rare films where. It's got an incredible amount of hype at the moment, and you're kind of almost waiting for that that backlash to start with it a little bit, for for those few people to go, oh yeah, I saw it, thought it was pretty shit. You, you're kind of waiting for that, but you kind of hope that people don't because it's not, it's it's actually a really really good film. Yeah, yeah, I I, I don't know, I to be, I'd like to think it wouldn't. I think it's still small enough that it will it won't. It's it's not quite like short term twelve or something for me where I watched it and I was just like, yeah, that was that was good, but saying it's the best film of the year, blah blah blah, it just like chill the fuck out. I'm just I am kind of on the bandwagon for this one. It's not going to be in my best of the. I, I doubt it would be. I very much doubt it will be in my top ten at the end of the year just because. I, I do wish there was more, yeah, <laughs> you know. I, I but it's, saying, uh, yeah, it, it probably won't make my uh, top 10, but I, I would think it will be in my top 25, probably. Oh, you easy. Know? And I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll happily um, pick it up on blue, and I'll, I'll, I'll happily watch it again at some point. And it does make me think Macon Blair's probably got, you know, it, it's probably given him a good sort of... Um, jump start for you know a pretty successful career and the same for um Jeremy Song yeah 
Um, I think he'll he'll definitely. I'm interested to see what he's going to do next. Um, hopefully the two because um, them two have worked together a few times on short films and other bits. So you know we might see them two together in something else coming out in in the future. You know, and who knows? You know, his first film was Murder Party, which is a horror. Um, this is a great revenge thriller um, that follows into that kind of that kind of late 70s feel um, of Americana cinema. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a definitely not shit from me. Yeah, 100% definitely not shit. Cool. Uh, that was uh, Blue Ruin. Um, and we're going to play you a trailer for our next in our triple uh, lineup of reviews, uh, which is the uh, Nicholas Stoller film, um, Bad Neighbours, also known simply as Neighbours in um, the uh, everywhere, everywhere but the UK. Uh, reason being is uh, in the UK there is a popular daytime TV show called Neighbours and I think people didn't want it confused with that. Um, don't know how you would, but anyway. It's it's the Avengers Assemble. Yeah, yeah it's and... redemption bullshit, yeah. Um, so here is the trailer for, are we, are we calling it Neighbours or are we calling it Bad Neighbours? I don't know. Fucking, well, we're in the UK. Bad so Neighbours. Here's the trailer for Bad Neighbours. Oh, God. It's happening. Woo! This is so spontaneous. This is crazy. I've never had sex in a dining room chair in my whole life. Oh, yeah. She's staring at us. She can't see anything. She just sees shapes. She sees shapes fucking each other. I gotta turn her around. We're back in business. Oh, oh yeah. She keeps looking. Turn around. Look, new neighbors. Is that a fraternity? Look at that guy. It looks like something a gay guy designed in a laboratory. We have to go over there. We've got to be cool. And we say, by the way, keep it down. Well, we won't say it like that. Like, keep it down. Let me know. Welcome to the hood. Yeah, welcome. Also, if you can maybe just, uh... Keep it down. That's your chick. If we're too noisy, call me first. Don't call the cops. Okay. okay. I'll go tell them to... Yeah. Call the cops. Do it anonymously. Oh, shit. You sold us out. You called about your neighbors? No. Nope. We have call ID. We're cops. Everybody has call ID. You guys just woke a sleeping giant. Welcome to the darkness, bitches. A little dramatic. We're throwing a Robert De Niro party. You called the cops, you violated the circle of trust, Falker. Who are you? I'm Sam Jackson from Jackie Brown. Hoo-ha! That's actually Al Pacino. The path of the righteous man. That's the wrong Sam Jackson speech. Oh, Fuck you, Sam Jackson. If you want some, come get some. Great. That's really funny, guys. Ah! I'm pissed off. Oh, bravo. Oh, ah! We can fucking beat that. We're just getting started. 
There you go, you heard the uh, trailer for Bad Neighbours, uh, the uh, Nicholas Stoller film. Um, essentially, it's uh, from the people who brought you This Is The End, uh, which stars uh, Seth Rogen, Zac Efron, Rose Byrne, uh, you've got David Franco there, uh, and a whole other bunch of people that you'll recognise uh, from other bits and bats. Uh, story is, is um, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne uh, play a... A newly married, well, you don't know they're newly married, a, a, a couple who are parents to a young child, much like yourself, Ian. Um, and they have just moved into a, what seems to be a really nice neighbourhood, and the house next door is up for sale, and a fraternity move in. The fraternity is led by a chap called Teddy, played by Zach Efron, a mostly shirtless Zach Efron. Uh, and yeah. hilarity ensues. Um, First of all, before I get into this, minor cinema gripe here, right? And a show of blatant sexism, right, at my local view. At my local view, they are renovating the toilets at the moment, which is about fucking time because they've been the same for 20 plus years and they're fucking horrible, right? When I went a couple of weeks ago, they were doing the gents' toilets. So to go to the toilet in the cinema, you had to go to a portaloo in the car park. Right? So, this week I made sure that I was completely fucking bladder empty. I had my vitamin water, which is what I always get when I go to the cinema. And I thought, I'm not opening that fucker till at least 40 minutes in, just in case. Right? As I'm exiting the cinema, uh, I noticed that, oh, the, the gents' toilets is fixed. All right. Do you know what they've done? They've renovated the gents' toilet first. And then they've started renovating the ladies' toilets now, but they've changed the gents' toilets to the temporary ladies' toilets, so the gents are still outside in the fucking portaloos. That's sexism. I don't care what people say, that is sexism. I was half tempted, because there's fucking urinals in that toilet. I was half tempted to go in and just have a piss. And then someone went, uh, this is the ladies, go, there's urinals here, fucking deal with it, you've got cubicles. Sexism view, absolute, one hundred percent sexism. And talking of sexism, Ian, what did you think of Bad Neighbours? Okay, um, so Bad Neighbours. Um, we we were saying beforehand this this is probably going to be the shortest review and probably by margin. I think there's not an awful lot to say about Bad Neighbours. Um, it's messy. Um, and it kind of throws up ideas for potential subplots that don't really go all that far. Um, but it made me laugh more than enough. I thought it kind of did some stuff visually, it, like interesting to keep me entertained on that level. It's it's not quite just the kind of the point and shoot. Apatow slash Kevin Smith kind of mode of shooting, and I appreciated that. Um, and yeah, I mean, speaking as a parent of a four-month-old, it's uh, there's certainly shit in there that um, that we, you know can be related to. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's I I, I laughed I, I laughed more than enough. So. I got I got good stuff out of it, and it was good to see that they actually gave Rose Byrne pretty much getting on for equal comic like comic footing along with Seth Rogen. 
Um, it well, no. All right, I take that back. Not, but more than I was expecting. She, she's not so she's not an incidental character. She 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 has no. She's not just the yeah. wife. She's actually she's actually got a character. Yeah. Um, you know, which was which was good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued, Mark. I mean, like, I just I. It, it passed the time well enough, and I thought it was funny. That's about all I've got to say. You. Um, first thing that I want to kind of go over with it is: Did you notice I mean, that, that there's an awful lot from a lot of the trailers that just isn't in this movie? Do you know what? I don't think I've even seen the trailer for this in the cinema. I've seen. Sorry, if if, if, if you're hearing this thing in the background, you've got this. One of Lottie's <laughs> toys up here, and I keep on fucking pressing it by accident. Sorry. Um, there's there's an awful lot, um, and not like just sh- like shots. There's an off. I would say from a couple of trailers, there's a third of the trailers isn't in this movie at all. There's a okay. bit. There's a bit where um, which made quite a big deal of in three or four of the trailers where Zac Efron turns around to uh, Rosalind and Seth Rogen and says, "Welcome to the dark side, bitches." And they react to it and say, that's, that's, that's dark. Um, and he says it again, then walks off, not in the film. The bit where he's dressed up in like a, like a almost like a, a military outfit. And they're kind of, he's marching people out of the, the frat house. And there's like fireworks going off behind him and stuff like that. Not in the film. Uh, oh, yeah. The okay. bit where he catches Christopher Mintz Platts, which I'm never going to disagree, I'm never going to argue with less Christopher Mintz Platts, um, where he's fucking a guy in the yard, not in the film. Th- th- there's so much that is just not in the film, and it's making me think there's either going to be an extended come out on Blu-ray, which happens a lot nowadays with these types of films, or it, it, it was literally just they had so much to condense down in uh, into so little. Yeah. Um, I was I, I was looking forward to this uh, because the trailer made me laugh. Uh, I like Zac Efron uh, and I like Seth Rogen, uh, so I was I was very much looking forward to going in there and watching something that was stupid uh, and made me laugh. And do you know what? It's stupid and it made me laugh. Um, yeah. There's 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 one of those strange films where I'm more positive um, than I am negative. But the negative bits are easier to point out than the positive bits. Um, because the positive bits are, it is funny. There is some great funny bits in it. And it is, it is, you know, good-hearted, gross-out comedy. Um, the whole Seth Rogen um, and uh, Zac Efron sat on a, you know, where they're a little bit drunk and a little bit bait, sat um, saying, who's Batman for you? And you've got Zac Efron and Seth Rogen doing their Batman impressions was brilliant. I, I really enjoyed that. And I think that you know, Rogan's kind of become a, a very much a, a an act you know a, a comedy heavyweight nowadays. And you know, I think Efron manages to to hold that up quite well. Um, he's not as funny, he doesn't have that that comedic time as somebody like Rogan has. But then we also get in the film the negative side of of this kind of comedy where you can tell there's an awful lot of ad-lib going on. And when some of it works, it works really well. But then when other bits of it don't work, you are watching people do something and bounce off each other. And you're watching it going, this isn't funny. Not, I don't find this funny. This just isn't funny. Um, 
and I kind of want it to stop now. I kind of want somebody there to go, yeah, I, I, I admit, cut, cut, we, we lost it. It went too far. And there's a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, one particular moment of that, that, that kind of thing that I think is a good example myself is um, Dave Franco and Zac Efron's Bros Before Hoes. It goes on maybe two or three steps too far. Go, it, it, yeah, easy. Yeah. Um, but then there's a lot. Also, well, it, 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 it's, you know, how many times in one film can uh, Seth Rogen's character say, this is so spontaneous? Yeah, that's, yeah. It's like, yes, that's a it, very it, it's like if you start fucking in every different room in your house, right, and you do it three or four times over a short period of time, that's no longer spontaneous. Um so it was there was a lot of a lot of that where it's almost it, it's like it, it's repeating itself within itself which can get quite kind of irritating sometimes and scenes just like I say just just get a feeling that they could have stopped 30 seconds earlier yeah yeah no absolutely i mean it, i don't know it it's one of those things where i wonder if they'd taken a couple of weeks off and then got back to the edit whether suddenly 10 minutes would have disappeared off the runtime. Um, you know, even though I've got, I've got to say that, I mean, I thought it was pacey yeah, enough. It you know, I, 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 I can't say I was ever, ever bored at all. No, um, one, of, one of the best sorry. bits is the whole, um, the, the frat versus them kind of battle montage bit. Um, yeah. But also, well, you, you kind of, it gets towards the end and you kind of start thinking, because I think the idea is you're supposed to kind of be on, um, you know, uh, Seth Rogen and, and Rose Byrne's side with it. But they, they kind of... It, it's kind of like they are a little bit sometimes dicks towards them. But then again, there's no real... There's, there's Neither of them are behaving in sort of like a, a correct manner, as to say. You know, there's a, there's a moment where... I think the, 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 it's the second night where they actually call the, the cops on them. And then the next day, they're then showing, well, you know, you were partying with us, like, last night. And they're like, no, we weren't. No, we weren't. It's like, no, you were. And it's kind of like, actually, you, you kind of were. <laughs> you know, you can't yeah. you can't go around asking them to turn the music down, then party with them, then the next day go, no, but seriously, can you turn the music down? You can't say, you can have a party when we want to party, but not when we don't want to party. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's um, I, I, that's the thing. I mean, the, the film is kind of messy there because, um, I mean, you know, right at the end, you know, I mean, Seth Rogen's basically got Zach Efron's character kicked out of college and, you know, pretty fucked over. And then, you know, the scene where they're outside Abercrombie and Fitch and it's just all absolutely fine. Yeah. That's weird. It, yeah, it, it does feel a little bit weird because he almost... You feel like you're saying, you should probably apologise to him because you were probably exactly yeah. the same in college, except you were never, you were never, you know, ex- essentially hot enough to be that guy. You were probably one of the guys, yeah. you were probably ass juice who was sucking up to him. Yeah, no, absolutely. It just, it's, um, there, there, there are bits with the plot that it kind of, I don't know, it just kind of feels like they were developing but then didn't. Like the, um, the whole thing about him, um, uh, them trying to uh, trying to get Dave Franco with Zac Efron's girlfriend, and then yes, it's mentioned later, but you never see that girl no. again. And, and it's just 
And I mean, like Rose Byrne's character, she's um, early on, like, you know, she's got this thing about, you know, Seth Rogen comes home and he's just like, you know, oh, this parenting thing's really easy. And then she's like, oh, yeah, you do it for two hours a day. Yeah. And it kind of feels like there's resentment there. And particularly, they have that bust up and then pretty much the scene after, they just get back together yeah. again. And it feels like there was probably a 10-minute chunk in like in between there. <laughs> he literally just goes goes around to a friend's house and he's like, oh, is she there? And they're like, oh, yeah, she is. Oh, that's going yeah, yeah, it, it's, and I mean, okay, this isn't a film that you go to for the plot, but at the same time, it it, it feels, it, it feels really palpable that they are just sacrificing this stuff just so they can have more riffing on Yeah, um, and more, more just kind of parties. It, 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 it's a little yeah. bit like that. And what's becoming a slight, and it, it, it's probably just me, and it's probably an irrational thing, what's becoming a slight little bugbear with me with Seth Rogen in films is the whole, right, Seth, we get it. You like weed. We, we get that that is part, of, that weed is a big part of your life. But you kind of get the idea now that Seth Rogen's business card just, just says Seth Rogen, and underneath, in quote marks, it just says, I like weed. Yeah, because sure. it is it, it is such a prevalent part of these films, all of these films that he's uh, a producer of, and you can get the feeling with all of the people that are around, like the Muppets movies, um, that are around Seth Rogen. It's like Seth Rogen's gone. Oh, can, can I can I correct with the Muppets movies? It's like no, she'll just put weed in it, um, and yeah. then stuff like the fact that Zac Efron is a, is supposed to be thick in the film. You know, he's supposed to be just stupid. But pretty and, and wants to party. The, the whole AT and T thing. Say, oh, what do you do? And he's like, um, like we do like massive global telecommunications companies. Like, uh, uh, uh. he's like, cell phones. He's like, oh, right, yeah. Yet his um, the code to get into his secret room is actually quite smart. <laughs> it just, I know that's that completely overthinking this film, but it, it just, it's a little bit like it, like. Seth Rogen does kind of he, he throws, like, throws it in your face a little bit too much this whole I'll legalise it thing yeah yeah I mean I don't know it kind of it, it's aiming at the, the age of audience who are kind of into that yeah, kind of thing it, as well it, it, is, and it, 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 it does kind of have that but it is kind of it, it, it's starting to you asked, I am starting to think now, whenever Seth Rogen Stone comes out, I think, right, how is he going to shoe on weed into this one then? And it, it yeah, does start yeah. to feel a little bit like weed is becoming a character in his movies. And the fact sure. that the big blowout party in this is a hothouse. Yeah, and there's another thing as well, like the whole kind of getting on the wall thing. Yeah. And that, obviously that's that's the getting on the wall thing. But then at the end, there's nothing about them actually having their picture up on the wall or mm. anything. I mean, again, it, it, again, you're quibbling narrative stuff in what is a set is a improv comedy. Yeah. But it's I don't know. They build that up so much that to not even have a one line payoff is it's sweet. It makes me think that that maybe that there's there's another cut of this movie out there, and then it might be a director's cut comes out that is actually a lot longer, that is like a good 10, 15 I, I, minutes longer. And do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if there's a two-hour extension. Yeah, I, I'd watch it. Yeah. I'd happily watch yeah, it. Yeah, so would I. I had enough fun with it. 
the jokes are good. Um, it's it it's not mean spirited at all. Um, it makes sense. It's it just it just I, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed spending time with with the with the characters. None of them are particularly unlikable people. Um, it was nice seeing like uh like um Bannerhart's in it and people like that. Uh, he played his his friend played Jimmy. Uh, he's called Ike um, Barn Barnholtz, something like that. Uh, you you know, play the friend Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He, he he crops up in a few. Yeah, he's a he crops up quite a bit in uh, the league. Um, oh, okay. As does sure. uh, Jason uh, Matthew Kicks, uh, the um, you know the the doctor. Who oh, comes okay. out and says, yeah. uh, "Your daughter has HIV." Is the word. Yeah, and yeah. He plays uh, Rafi in the league, and that is literally his character there. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's it for me. It's a it's a definitely not shit uh, because I enjoyed it enough. I came out smiling. Oh yeah, no, certainly, definitely not shit. It, it, I mean, it, it's got more than enough laughs. Uh, but I mean, like, if I'm gonna watch a Seth Rogen comedy, I'd still, you know, pick Pineapple Express or This Is the End or Knocked Up o- over this personally. But it's, you know, it's just, it's a solid studio comedy, and solid and studio comedy are two word, are two phrases that don't really go together all that much. So success. Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, also, well, it was the uh, the second Zac Efron movie that I watched this week. Um, where I came out of it at the end of it and went, yeah, enjoyed that. What was the uh, first? That awkward moment. Oh, um, right, okay. Completely, totally, and utterly throwaway, but easily enough there to make it worth watching. Oh, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, so that was uh, our second uh, feature review of Bad Neighbours slash Neighbours, depending on where you are. Uh, and we're going to play you with a go straight into it again. Uh, and we're going to play you a trailer for our third review film. We are fucking flying through these motherfuckers. Uh, which yeah. is the Eli Roth... Um, it's not really a found footage film. It's more of a shot footage film. Um, I don't understand the idea of the found footage because they don't find it. Uh, they take it with them, shoot it, and then bring it back. Um, film uh, The Sacrament. Uh, so, uh, so Eli Roth, Eli Roth produced... Uh, does they say Eli Roth? Sorry, I meant Ty West. Apologies for that. I don't even think Eli Roth had anything to do with this. Yeah, he did. Oh, did he produce it? Oh, right. I've got a fucking hell. (laughs) Can I say Eli Roth not having something to do with a modern horror movie? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, even if he's just fucking handing out tickets for it, he'll be there. Um, Here's the trailer for The Sacrament. Okay, you had a trailer. You guys ready? Watch it. We've been to some of the most chaotic, war-torn places in the world, but never for something as bizarre as this. Here we are. Welcome to Eden Parish. You guys built all this? Father had a vision, and we built heaven here on Earth. Who is Father? He's the guy that started all of this. Can we speak with him at some point? He agreed to sit for an interview tonight at the gathering. It's been pretty amazing. Everyone we've talked to seems to feel that this is everything they ever wanted, and they all credit you for that. Oh, I don't deserve the credit. 
you come down here and I'll give you a place to live. I'll give you a job. I'll give you a bed. These people are my family, my children. And when you write this up, just know that you're dealing with their lives. really going on here this place is not what it seems hey what's happening these people want to leave they have their suitcases packed i have no idea what to do sam do not get involved in this please take my daughter what we can't let them go back to new york no this is the last sacrament hey! Hey! how many more people can fit in this thing I want you to film this. It's important. It's funny. Take it. Take it. Take it. It's me, Jesus. It's me. Fill it there for the Ty West um, uh, written and directed film. The Sacrament uh, stars Joe Swanberg, as always, uh, AJ Bowen, as always, uh, and a bunch of other people uh, there. Um, it is not found footage, keep, keep quite found footage, which is kind of bothering me, like I just said, um, uh, where you have uh, Jack Bob Patrick, uh, who is a uh, fashion photographer, and his two friends, uh, Sam and Jake, who run a website called Vice. Um, that deals with, uh, it's, like a, it's like a news website, but it deals with news that usual sort of news uh, forms wouldn't tackle. Um, and they do sort of documentary kind of films, documentary reporting. Uh, he gets a call from his sister, uh, Caroline, who is at a place called the Eden Parish, which is a commune she's gone to to kick drugs. Um, Sam and Jake decide they want to go along because things don't seem all as they should. Um, so they go off with him to meet uh, her and have a look around and kind of do a little bit of uh, investigating to see what the Eden Parish is all about. Uh, loosely based on uh, events uh, from 1978 Jonestown uh, Massacre, uh, which you know forged the you know the popular phrase uh drinking the kool-aid uh ian what did you think of the sacrament okay so um i had the sacrament accidentally spoiled for me somewhat by uh, by jordan um who whatsapped me and said something about the jonestown massacre and i was just like right okay i know where that film's heading then uh so that was a bit of a shame um but uh you see i I, yeah. I knew that was happening as well uh but basically just from the trailer yeah that's which is a fair point and the thing is there's that the film sets out sets out its stall that there's really obviously nothing supernatural going on at all so yeah it's like, okay, so what, what is going to happen then? And, you know, one of the only real options is th- they're all a cult, they're going to kill themselves. Yeah. So, you know, the, the thing that... I liked the sacrament, I will say, 
But the thing that bothers me about it is that it almost feels as if for all the build-up work that they do in the first 45 minutes or so, where it's all like, uh, you know, you've got the little kind of hints that all is not right, but everyone's saying, oh, you know, I love Father, I appreciate all that he's done, blah, blah, blah. And then these guys come in, Father lets them come in, nothing bad particularly seems to happen and then cut and the next morning all hell's broken loose and suddenly every, like everybody want like loads of people want out and father's just like right okay we're all going to kill ourselves and it kind of feels like it's almost as if you're just expected to go with oh they're one of those naughty cults all kill themselves and yet there's so much build up to it that I kind of feel like I needed more in terms of why father is thinking along these lines and what his ideas are. And by by the end of it, for all the horror that there is, and I mean, there's strong fucking stuff here, which I think confirms if nobody knew already that Ty West is not a parent, but, um, you know, cause Mm. I mean, there's some, there's some shit in here. That's like very, very full on that I, I genuinely wonder if a filmmaker who had kids would actually shoot. Yeah. And maybe that's just me coming from the fact that I've got a four-month-old, so I'm particularly sensitive to that stuff at the moment. But yeah, and I mean, that almost kind of feels a bit exploitation-y in a film that seems to be at pains to not be exploitation-y. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll get into it. Mark, um, what did you think? I think I need someone to bounce off on this. Um, what I would say uh, with with uh, the sacrament is, and it's something that's been levelled, I think, before uh, at, at Ty West, is there's a lot of build, like you're saying, and it builds up very well. And it does, the, there's a lot of development of them going and, you know, having a look round and you are given, it does feel you know, uneasy, it does feel like there's, there's, you know, there's not something quite right there, you know, and it's all quite well constructed, it all fits together quite well, and it, it's when things start to go wrong that it kind of loses its shit a little bit, and it, and then it starts going to places, and where it goes, I was sat there going, oh, oh, is that it then? It's just that then? Yeah, yeah, right. I think that's, oh, yes, so, yeah. So, you, you Wow. So it basically you just you're just going down that route. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing different to what you're basically setting out to do. And it just feels a little bit again like it's all this build up, this build up, this build up, this build up, and a little bit like the inkies where you're going building up, going up, building up, and going. All oh, right, 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 right. And then when the shit hits the fan, you go, Oh, well that's it. All right. But but the difference that's here that. is that it's. The first half is build up. The second half is the uh, the fallout. But the fallout is what you think it's going to be based on prior cinematic knowledge and like just a, a kind of knowledge of like religious cults. But it's not what you really expect from the material in the film. I don't think the material in the film is strong enough to really convey. Right, okay, so then this stuff happens. 
it's it's asking you to bring in outside knowledge, which is a massive fail, I think. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it is absolutely relying on you to you to like you say fill in the fill in the blanks to an extent. And yeah. you know, characters, there's too much happening that they aren't showing you. Um, that you, like you say, you're having to work out yourself, and you do work out yourself. And it's like you know, the AJ Bowen character Sam jumps from being you know like very much kind of like you know he 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 doesn't. It gets there, and he's very much like not against it, not vehemently against it, but he's he's wanting to explore and take it a little bit further and find out you know that there's something not quite right. And then he starts to get to the point where he's like, oh well, you know, these this it seems to be doing these people good, uh, but there's still not something right. So you get to the point where you think, fucking hell, he's about to have a join up after just having a conversation. And what I will say yeah. is. It, for the first 40 minutes, it's a really... Well, not 40 minutes, maybe the first 35, 35, 40 minutes, yeah, actually. Uh, it's a well-written film. And, you know, it, it, it's it, it, the writing of it and the dialogue works quite well. And it, 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 you know, it feels quite nice. And, you know, the whole interview with, with um, Father um, that they're having, that, that's a really good scene. It's a really well-played scene. It's just... And at that moment, you're going, right, great, well, you know, what's going to happen? And at that moment, I'm thinking, what's going to happen? What, where is it going to go? And then where it goes, you say, that's really easy. It's really easy to go there because that, that idea already exists. You know, you're expecting something, something else, something more, something different, something more vibrant and more kind of fucking hell. And... I don't know whether or not that it's just that you're expecting too much for it, or whether or not Ty West actually, and the filmmakers, actually think that that is enough, that that is going to make people go, fucking hell. And it, it's not, you know, you expect these overblown, you know, shocking, you know, too far moments that just kind of lift you out of the film a little bit, like the fact that... Um, you know, the father says, oh, some of the uh, the younger ones have already been given their portion. And it's like, oh, of course they fucking have. You know, because what wouldn't be a modern horror film without being as shocking as to massacre a load of children? What that and, you know, the bit with the um, the kind of the syringe with the Kool-Aid yeah. in and then they kind of inject it into the baby's mouth. And it's just, it's, it, it's, it's a, a bit... bit I, it's a bit like, oh, grow up and do something actually shocking rather than just you know easy way out shocking i want yeah, something that, for that, me that's, you're, that's... You're, you're, you're a you're you're you obviously have the talent it's there because you've yeah. built me up to that point but you're not making or maybe they are maybe again it's just as putting too much stock into this you should you know you're supposed to be and this sort of little cartel of, of filmmakers are supposed to be filmmakers who are making for, for you know these horror movies for genre fans and for, for for that kind of people and it's like I want something more that that is gonna shock your average fucking you know Joe horror film watcher your people who don't watch an awful lot of horror and it's it, you know the sacrament isn't a bad film it's certainly not a bad film it's certainly one of the better modern horror films uh, 
but it it just doesn't do anything new. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's, I mean, the thing is, I think the easiest way of summing up my problems with it is that this film is framed as a documentary. The whole thing is framed as a documentary. If this was an actual documentary, it would be a shit documentary because you don't really find out anything about what is actually going on here and why these people are so fan- like fanatical about this guy. And then when, when you know, when every, everybody does start drinking the Kool-Aid, it is just like, I've got no idea why these people are so enamoured of this guy that they're going to do Yeah, he doesn't this. seem charismatic enough for that. There's no, no. We've, spent, we've spent so little time with him that we've had essentially one little speech. And it also, it, it does, at one point I was watching it going, so hang on a minute, this is a commune for old black ladies and, um, you know, hot mid-twenties white girls in shorts. There's an yeah, awful yeah. lot of that, and it does it. It just feels like there's 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 a lot of potential there, but the uh, Gareth uh, Evans um, segment in um, VHS two VHS two does pretty much the same thing, but a lot fucking better. That goes fucking batshit. This maybe maybe it's a conscious decision and not to go. Too batshit. I, I I think it is. I think they're trying to keep it as grounded as humanly possible. So there is no even like feeling of anything supernatural going on. That's not what this film is. And it's trying to be more disturbing because it's quote unquote real. But to be <laughs> real, feels... I kind of feel like you actually need to have more of an understanding of of why these people are doing this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just like the fact that, you know, Father fucking invites them there to interview him. And it's almost as if, like, he's hoping it's going to get, get him some legitimacy or something like that. You know, that's certainly what the Amy Zymet's character is feeling coming in. Like, you know, they, they give him, like, stuff to read before the interview, to, like, give them some background. And, you know, they're hoping to show him a better side of it. But then it, it, it just, I don't. The only thing I get from the next day, everything goes batshit, is it just turns out most of the fucking people there didn't even want to fucking but, but, be, like be there or something. It just also, it doesn't as well. They 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 haven't actually really got anything to take away to show it as being a fucking terrible place, you know. Well, no, I mean like, they end that night as far as father and company are aware. They've ended that night with, yeah, it was a really yeah, good night. You know, it's, you know, I don't, I couldn't live it myself. Don't agree with it, but I don't think this is as bad as I don't think the bad things we were expecting are actually happening here. So, why the the fucking sudden shift into not yeah. not just I'm going to, you know, I think you should all kill yourselves. You should do this, and then he's going to run away with all of their money, and it turns out he's just this fucking. This perverse fucking god complex guy. He and he just shoots himself you know, anyway. He, he essentially, it, it looks like he's just snorting a load of coke, gets coked off his mind, and then shoots himself in the head. It's a little bit like. So what was his end game? That's that's exactly it. What was his if end? His end game? game was just to fucking kill everybody. Then why did he get so angry at them? 
He could have done that after they left. And it would have had mm. more of an impact on the outside world. It just, it, it just seems like there was actually no point in the last 30 minutes. And, yeah. and just a lot of running around and you're going, I, I don't get what the whole motive was. Because he does, he does seem to be doing some good. You know, most you know a lot of those people do seem to be happy, and then you get there's a large portion of them that aren't happy and that can leave. But he's already got all of. I just it doesn't seem to make sense. There's not enough exploring outside of what we see, but he wants outside of what we see to make up part of the story. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like. The thing is, all this aside, and it's it's major stuff, which, you know, I mean, certainly stops it from being a horror film I can really, like, really, really get behind. Yeah. But all this aside, you know, there is strong stuff here, and I like the fact that the horror occurs in stark daylight. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's great. There's, I don't think there's one jump scare. That's awesome. Uh, however, there is uh, an air raid siren. Oh, yeah, what, 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 what would a it's modern a horror film do that? Fucking air raid siren. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, you're right there. Even the fucking soundtrack to the Evil Dead remake is like sirens going off. Any modern horror place. film now loses half a star from a fucking air raid siren for me. I'm <laughs> fucking done with it. I was. I, <laughs> That's a good point. I, I was. Yeah. I, I, what, what the other will say? I was pleasantly surprised that there wasn't just overt fucking. Um, sexism or um within this film because that's something we've we've had a little bit of from you know the recent um anthologies that these guys have put their names to yeah and i mean like aftershock the like co-written and produced thing which i thought was egregiously offensive on uh, many levels that film but yeah no absolutely i mean amy zymex is actually very good she uh, the, and I mean, like, you get the fact that she's behind father because he's basically found her a place to be comfortable and now it's all gone to shit. And that scene with her injecting Patrick is a great scene. It's strong stuff. And that guy, his performance in that bit where he's just like, what did you yeah. just inject and then the, me? What, what did you and then the convulsion. The, the thing, it's a really well-acted film. You know, yeah. AJ Bowen is a really good actor. Um Joe yeah, Swanberg. Yeah. Joe Swanberg does well he's, as well. He's, you yeah. know, again, he's a he's a, a very good you know he's a good actor. You know these are these are talented people that are working you know together. I, I do, however, have, have a thing where I think that they maybe need to start stepping out of this comfort zone of each other a little bit to really kind of grow a little bit. In, I I will say I do like the fact that Joe Swanberg like doesn't even do horror anymore. You know, like Drinking Buddies and he's got uh, Happy Christmas coming yeah. up. But I like the fact that Ty West and, and A.G. Bowen like still pop up and whatnot. I think that... But I, I, I know what you mean. They're that little kind of sector where they're all... It, it kind of feels like they meet up every week and talk about how great they are. Um, and even though, you know, for, for great stretches they are. But it... it I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it, the, the thing is, I mean, the, the sacrament, it's... It's weird because I would still recommend it because it's polished yeah. and it's well done and it you know it kind of doesn't portray itself ever but 
it just, like I said, if it was actually a documentary, it would be a shit documentary because it doesn't get under the skin of anything. No, it, it, it doesn't. It, it, like I said, I, I, the first 40 minutes, up until up until the party, uh, I thought, it, it, I, I was I was thinking, this, this is fucking great. If this continues yeah, on yeah. at this level of quality, you know, we've got, this is a fucking knockout. And just like the, the 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 debates they're having, where you know they're not just saying, "Oh, this lot are a bunch of freaks." Yeah, what the it, fuck? It's... And it's all sinister from the start. And it's just like, well, you know, these guys actually seem to be really yeah, happy. It, it, it's balanced. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it kind of it, it feels nice. Um, but it, it just it, from there on, it doesn't get it doesn't go get bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's just it levels out, and it doesn't go. It, the, the first the build the, the the actual the payoff seems like it, it didn't quite have it doesn't have anywhere near the quality as, as the builder and it, it's like all this idea and then don't know what to do at the end of it Jonestown massacre it just felt a little bit like that like I just there could have been more there they might he might have brought in some kind of fucking you know, like you say, um, supernatural bullshit um, that made it go, ah, oh, it's shit today. You know, at least it didn't do that. But yeah. it just, it got to a little bit like you're watching it going, a lot of people are just trying to kill Edna vomiting and dying. And, and, and for instance, Becky came in with like 10, 15 minutes left because um, I watched it quite early this morning. And she came in and went, watch this, like, it's a sacrament. She went, all right, I'll go in the other room. I was like, to be honest, do you want to watch it? She said, well, I will watch it. I'm not chomping the bit to watch it, but I will watch it. Um, to be honest, it's not going to spoil anything. <laughs> it's just not. It's yeah, not yeah, because yeah. It, it, if you watch the trailer, which Becky watches trailers before she'll watch a movie. Just, just, she just does. She'll watch a trailer before she watches a movie. Um, you know, it's, you know if, you, if you watch the trailer... You, this is what happens. You know what's happened in the trailer. It's there. Yeah, totally. It, it, yeah, I mean, that, 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 there is little to, to, to surprise here. Um, but I don't know. But the, the filmmaking is yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not shit. It's definitely not shit. No, it's, it's, it's not shit, but it really, really could have been yeah, better. I'm, I'm going to be... I am constipated. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm close to touching cloth. Yeah, I, I'm touching but cloth. But I'm, I'm, I think I'm just about. I will say, in in the course of doing this, my letterbox review has gone down from a three point five to a three. Is, um, is that a half a star for the use of an air raid sign? Uh, no, it's not. I'm sorry. I don't. Fo- I don't follow that logic. It's just like talking about it. I think. It does bother me that it doesn't quite follow through on on what it's what it kind of feels like it's it's setting out to do, but I am gonna say it's definitely not shit, but it's as close to the touching cloth one as as, as I think I could get with one of these. Yeah. Um, it's in terms of modern horror, I think it's above yeah, average. I, I certainly agree with in that. Term, yeah. In terms of film in general, I think it's decidedly average. Yeah, if you were to compare it with something like 
Aftershock, for instance, it is, oh it my is God, fucking yeah. street oh. ahead of it. If Becky said to me in two months' time, oh, I want to watch the sacrament, do you mind watching it again? I'd say, yeah, yeah, cool. And I, w- I will watch it again, because it is one of those films where I think, if I watch it again, maybe there's bits there, maybe it, it'll, it'll feel, maybe going in with that expectation of something else, maybe it'll feel more, it'll feel better. Or, if he just said, I'm making a film which is heavily based on the Jonestown Massacre, I'd have been alright with it. I'd have been better. But... Well, that's the thing. I I knew what was coming going in. And yet, I I just... I needed more reasons for this stuff to happen. If you're going to make horror real and grounded... You need to give me reasons why it's happening. Also, you know, at least with supernatural stuff, it can just be like it's supernatural. Yeah, you know, just the wizards did it. Shit, witches did it. Um, it. Yeah, yeah, wizards did it. Even though, even though I'm glad that wizards did it. Yeah, me too. So you know. One last thing, lad. Uh, if you are a helicopter pilot and you get shot in the shoulder with uh, really pale red blood, the blood in this film is terrible, by the way. Um, uh, you don't then turn around the guy and say, go and find your friends two miles down the road and then come back. I, I can still fly this thing. You go, I can still fly this thing, but I'm kind of losing a lot of love. Can we go now? Do you know what? I was thinking when they got back in the helicopter at the end and they strapped themselves in, I was just kind of thinking the helicopter's not going to go yeah. and then they're just going to get shot up. <laughs> which, which then, I was it would have been thinking, a There's not a helicopter pilot. Is he even going to be fucking yeah. alive? You know? Do you get the feeling that, that, when, that when Joe Swanberg ran off, he was like, no, I meant like, get your friends if they're nearby. Not, not yeah, too yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, oh, oh, well, I've said I've got to do it now, and they are paying me. So, shit, you know, been shot and everything with what looks like cherry head. Did you, did you not notice that? It not bugged you, the fact that the blood was really light. Uh, I can't say well, that you, you me, sorry. I, I mean, I watched it in HD and whatnot yeah. as well, but I, I, it didn't bother me. Right, uh, well, that was uh, the sacrament which uh, I'm touching cloth on, and Ian, you are definitely not shit. I, yeah, I am, because I, I, I stand by a three out of five, and for me, a three out of five is definitely not shit. Or is it? No, I, 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 is I, I, I think it's like a two. I think it's a cut one. That one. It, it, like, because I, I maybe say a two, a two point five, and a three are touching cloth. Maybe yeah. Maybe it's three point five. Because it's a yeah. bit. Because it's no, no. But then a two point no, a two point five is touching cloth. More than a two point five is definitely not shit, and less than a two point five is definitely shit cool. for me. Right, okay, no, it's definitely not shit, but it is very close to touching the <laughs> Cool. Uh, right, uh, we're going to give you a, a trailer now for the uh, next instalment of our uh, the untitled John Millius marathon, uh, the trailer for Big Wednesday. Big Wednesday, the day you face your own biggest challenge, the day you risk it all. The day you either distinguish yourself or fade into the crowd. It'll come again. It'll be a swell so big and strong it'll wipe clean everything that went before it. That's the day this board will be written. And that's when Matt, Jack, and Leroy, 
They could distinguish themselves. It was their time. They were the kings. I can't read it. I can't read it. Sit down. Sharing the great adventure of being young together. Jan Michael Vincent is Matt Johnson, a reluctant hero to a generation that would forget him. Billy Cat is Jack. He was the first to accept responsibility. Gary Busey is Leroy, the masochist, a careful student of the art of being reckless. Big Wednesday, the story of a generation, of every generation. Growing up, leaving home, changing. Some marry, some die, some search for a new spot. It's gonna be like nothing anybody has ever seen. Are Jack and Leroy gonna be here tomorrow? Are they gonna be here? I never got a hold of those guys, Bear. They're not coming tomorrow. There's nobody coming tomorrow. It isn't just us. There's nobody else left but us. There's nobody left to pass anything on to. But the three friends will meet again on that special day they waited a decade to face. Now is the moment of truth. Now is the time of decision. And for Matt, Jack, and Leroy, Judgment Day is here. Big Wednesday. Okay, that was a trailer for Big Wednesday, um, the coming-of-age drama from John Milius, um, partially based on uh, his actual um, actual kind of growing up, I suppose it, it would be. Um, it covers um, 12 years uh, from 19, summer of 1962 uh, to the summer of 1974, dropping off a few different points in uh, 1965, 1968. Uh, the lives of three surfer buddies. Uh, you've got Matt Johnson, played by uh, Jean-Michel Vincent, uh, who uh, is like the... Um, he's a bit kind of... You know, he likes a drink, we'll say, doesn't he? Uh, but he's like the, the shit-hot surfer uh, of, of that break. Uh, you've got Jack Barlow, played by William Cart, who's the more kind of sensible one. And then you've got Gary Busey, playing Gary Busey. Um, Ian... Uh, what did you think of uh, Big Wednesday, a film that was uh, monumentally panned and was a critical and commercial failure when it was released, but has kind of gathered a little bit more sort of steam in the you know nearly forty years since its release? Okay, so yeah, I um, I liked Big Wednesday. I think it's very bitty, um, but that's kind of in the nature of it because it is episodic. Um, and I, 
I don't know. It would maybe ran a touch long for me. Because how it, long it, is it? It, it? it pushes two hours. About two hours five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it maybe does push that for me. I mean, like there's there's one scene that I thought kind of got almost parodic before William Cat goes off to mm. war, and there, like there's a line of people shaking hands with him and kind of chatting to him, and it's just like kind of get the point. Just need the, his two buddies, really, don't we? You know, and it, it was, I, I don't know, that, <coughs> excuse me, that, 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 that didn't quite work. I mean, as, as the film goes on, it becomes obvious that the, uh, the, the, the focus is on Matt Johnson. And yet, for like the first half of the film, I think it's kind of equally on uh, William Cat's character as yeah. well. Um, and and it, it's, you know, his kind of relationship with Sally and stuff like that, which does just kind of peter out and stop. Yeah. Um, it, it's, but um, it's kind of, all that kind of stuff is kind of made up for by the ending, where I think the last 10 minutes, there's a real kind of soulful, profound kind of nature to the surfing and surfing sequences, which are incredible. And I mean, particularly at the end and just what they mean to the characters and the story and, 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 and you know, the kind of the changing of the guard kind of aspect of it, which I... Uh, I, I, I really got on board with. I mean, I think it's a really interesting coming of age film, which certainly has faults. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty much sort of exactly uh, with you. I, it, it's there's a lot more substance to it uh, than than I was expecting uh, there to be. Uh, there's, mm. you know, there's more there's more story there, and the characters they they do you, you do get to know them quite well, um, especially. Um, you know Matt and uh, and Jack. You get to know them, and there's there's definitely a dynamic between them. Uh, Gary Booth's character is, is more there as a I wouldn't quite say comic relief, but as like a buffer of between them. Um, sure. Uh, and you know he's he's like the the other friend that kind of makes it up. The other friend that each of them goes to, you know, when they're having the problems, etc. And it, it kind of works like that. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that it explores and it goes into that it doesn't go um, beyond. It doesn't um, doesn't go um, down the routes that you think you'd like. Yeah, you're saying with um, Sally uh, and with Peggy and things like that. Uh, and one of the most interesting characters in the film, Bear, uh, who starts off, he's like the surfing guru who runs a um, a surf shop where he makes bars and stuff from a pier. And then as it moves on, he becomes more successful and kind of he loses the whole kind of like the spirit of surfing thing as he becomes a successful businessman and then ends up becoming a, you know, a beach bum again. Um, and you, you've got all that and it, it does, like you say, with it being a, um, it being episodic, it does become quite kind of fragmented and it does become, right, here's them here. And they don't seem to, they don't seem to be that different a people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, you know, with Bear as well, you know, it's like the one one scene, he's successful, and then like pretty much the next scene he's in, he's yeah. a bum. You know, it, it just, it, it does, I don't know, it kind of feels like maybe there's there, there was more stuff on the cutting room floor, and in a way I'm kind of glad it was on the cutting room floor, but then I also kind of wish if that stuff was on the cutting room floor, why not just cut that other stuff with Bear that's actually in it as well? 
Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's it, I, I, I'm a bit conflicted on that because I mean, again, I mean, I kind of would have liked to have spent more time in this world. Um, and I mean, maybe like either there's less of everything or there's more of everything. But I'm not. But this halfway house, I'm not quite satisfied with. Yeah, it it, it is. I can definitely see, see that it's. I really enjoyed it, and I really I enjoyed watching it. But it's the sort of thing where I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Uh, yeah, I mean, I to be honest, I don't know if they if Warner Archive put out a Blu-ray of this, I think I'd be tempted. All right, so, so you, you, um, you were that level of, of of kind of impressed by it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, to be honest, yeah, I, I think maybe I liked it a bit more than you in that case then. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's, for the most part, it, it, it worked for me. And, I mean, I liked the characters, and I thought that Matt Johnson was, was you know, interesting. I liked, I liked his progression of how, you know, he was able to get away with his drunkenness at first because he was the cool young guy, and then... You know, in like they're having parties and all that kind of thing, and it, but then it goes, it, it's kind of like American graffiti and more American graffiti smushed into one. It, it also, and it, it's probably complete off that, it had kind of feelings a little bit. It is very similar to, to American graffiti in those ways, but it almost had a feel, possibly because of the, the Vietnam angle, um, in terms of the camaraderie between it and the way that that was shot. Of something like Deer Hunter. Yeah, in, sure, in terms sure. Of that, no, absolutely. It, it, it specifically focuses on a group of friends and how they interact with it. And you've got there's a great scene where they are um, they're actually trying attempting to dodge the draft, and it looks ridiculous and it's played for laughs. But then you kind of look at it going, but apparently these types of things did happen. Oh, I bet it did. Oh no 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 yeah no absolutely and I mean like I yeah no no I bet it did um it, 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 there's certainly an authenticity to the to the film here and I mean which American graffiti also certainly has you know Milius and Lucas they were they were friends you know and it, it does it, it does kind of feel like Milius was using that kind of thing but I mean Milius was always ever so slightly left of center of of Coppola and and Lucas and Spielberg and whatnot and I mean. I mean I think this this film kind of represents that through the fact that it is so focused on the surfing. But then what I mean, but but what I appreciated about it is that it's not taking a kind of like a a hippie kind of nature version of a, 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 a view of surfing. You know, I mean, Milius was certainly not a hippie. I think that's what <laughs> you could definitely say about Milius. But I mean, the way you've got Basil, Pol- uh, Basil Polidorus's score, and it's kind of almost like militaristic. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, uh, I, I, which I think is is really interesting. And I mean, the the, the surfing is more portrayed as just like gr- great examples of physical ex- exertion and endurance, yeah. more than like their relationship with the sea. Not a lot that is mentioned. Very, like you say, it, it is very much shots of them doing these incredibly impressive things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like the, the Big Wednesday itself is insane yeah. you know i mean like the way and i love the focus on the footwork yeah. as well 
you know, I mean, like, it, it kind of sounds obvious, and it, I mean, it's very, it, it's very similar to to skateboarding there. But like, just the, the the way that it's, but it's not really, but it's not really like close ups of the feet or something. But you you still somehow know that they're given some sort of like. Hit, um, uh, a kind of hidden prominence where you, you you just note notice the way that you know they're going like towards the end he's going on the wave and he's just kind of stepping down the board to kind of keep the balance. I mean it's 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 awesome stuff and the, the kind of the uh, again it kind of it actually sounds a bit hippie but the the, the kind of the, the relationship he's having with the wave. It, it feels cathartic, and it, it's got that profundity, like almost as if he's at peace with the world, and so because of that, he's able, and he's at peace with moving on, and so he's able to do this one bit last hurrah with this wave, and it's almost like the wave's just like, yeah, go ahead, bud. You know, I mean, it's, I, I, I don't know. There's, a, I don't know. There, there is a kind of a. a a magical realism kind of thing there almost. Certainly, yeah. I mean, the, like you say, the, the, the almost outro of the film, uh, which is the, the big end aspects of it, where they're catching, where the, the three of them go out to catch these, you know, huge waves, and mainly, you know, there's the, the map wave. It's like that. You are watching it going, this is, this is just Milius being incredibly self-indulgent, but not in a negative way, because it is captivating to watch it looks great you know it looks wonderful you're watching it going are you watching i watch it thinking they've been showing them surfing for an awfully long time but the other part of my brain was going but i could quite happily watch it for another 10 15 minutes because it's but, I mean, wonderful. I, I think... it, 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 it looks great and the the shots of it uh, within the um the fall of the wave where essentially you're getting within the the tube line of it there is, is is great and the fact that it's getting and you've got it coming up it's one of those wonderful shots where the, the the gap of light that you see is getting ever so smaller and smaller and smaller it that is a wonderful shot yeah no oh god yeah yeah no absolutely i, I it just i don't know i didn't i, I didn't find it particularly self-indulgent I mean, it kind of just feels like this is it it almost feels like this is the last time these guys are ever going to be together like I don't know, six months later, Gary Busey's character's gonna, I don't know, fuck himself to death or something mm. like that, you know. Um, and it's, um, I don't know, I, it, it, it felt, for me, it felt yeah, almost like with, with Matt Johnson's kind of gone, do you know what? That's it. I rode that wave. Bear had told me for years that was coming. That's it. I'm never gonna better that. So I'm yeah, essentially that, that is totally what turning in like. my. I'm turning my surf bar. I've surfing's done what it what it was always gonna do for me. It it it's it's done. And you get to feel like yeah. he might have never surfed again in his life. Whereas Gary Busey's, you know, Leroy would have just gone back to what he was doing, which was just spending his life surfing. And Jack yeah. would just do it as a tension release. You yeah. definitely got that that feeling. It is the sort of film where where after it finished, I thought I was very much like. I really enjoyed that. It's a lot, lot better and a lot more significant and there's a lot more to it than I expected. And I did think, why isn't more made of this film? Because, I don't know, I think basically because Milius has ever so slightly forgotten yeah. and the films that he is remembered for are the more bombastic Yeah, it, it just seems like this is a movie which maybe, you know, there should be more 
more love for it. I mean, I'm guessing literally every fucking surfer in the world has probably got a big Wednesday poster. Um, but it, it just feels, I keep coming in thinking, why isn't this more, you know, why isn't this more well regarded? Why, why isn't this one of those, you know, essential coming of age films that we're, that we're all, see, it, it, it's, it's not just a coming of age, you know, becoming a man or becoming a woman kind of films. It's going from being a carefree teenager to, you know, be way beyond that. You know, it's not just that transition from teenager to adult. There's there's more, there's teenager, young adult to proper fucking adult. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly, which you don't see every yeah. day. I mean, I don't know, I suppose one film that we've actually covered on the marathon er, er, earlier on, but I mean, like, Beautiful Girls, yeah. I think, kind of has that aspect to it as well. Yeah, yeah, certainly, yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, it, it doesn't happen often, though, and I mean, I think maybe it's just because, you know, a lot of films are made for people who are, like, in between ch- kids and adulthood, yeah. you know, and... and yeah. It, it's uh, it, it's definitely not shit, and it was a it was a, a really nice surprise uh, at how definitely not shit uh, it was. I had I, I'd seen Big Wednesday years ago, but when I was about twelve, so it, it you know it, it passed through me rather than ever kind of left any actual kind of mark. Sure. No, I mean I'd, I'd never seen it, but I was uh, I was very very happy about it. Cool. Uh, what do we have next in the uh, as yet untitled Milius Marathon? Okay, dokey. So, uh, but yeah, definitely not shit. Um, so, the next film in the order is Conan the Barbarian, which we said we're going to do a commentary yep. for. What I propose is next week because i've got a double review suggestion for next week um but we'll get into that at the end of the show but assuming you're all right with a double review suggestion then i think we should do a double review and some one old one new and some trailer talk that's great familiar and well sometime in the next two weeks do the conan the barbarian commentary as an extra podcast i'm down with that cool okay uh and then so in two weeks time just get to the the next Milius film, which I can't remember what we actually said we were going to do. Were we going to do... We weren't going to do Farewell the King. Were we going to do Flight of the Intruder? Uh, yes, I believe yeah. we were, actually. So, yeah, so it'll be that next. Yes, I think we were going to do Flight of the Intruder. Cool. Nice. Right. Uh, Twitter questions. Okay. Um, my screen's not on, so let me turn it on. I've got, got them, time. yes. Uh, we have the, the Ginger Prince uh, at TGP73. Says you can throw one more name into Star Wars Episode 7 casting announcement. Go. Werner Herzog. Oh. 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 Imagine him as a fucking friend, a, like old Jedi who's a good Jedi, but he just goes off on tangents about the Force and what it means with nature. But he has to write his own lines. Oh, yeah, no, he totally has to write his own lines. Um, seems I've already been nice to Star Wars fans uh, earlier in the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm not going to be nice here. Uh, Adam Sandler. Just because... Just, 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 can you imagine? <laughs> 
Oh, and, and Steve, may the fourth be with you yes, as well. I genuinely mean that. He's a massive yes, star. I, 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 I do genuinely mean that as well. Um, I'm, you know, I think it's it, it's a nice thing, like we said earlier. Uh, Chris Byrne uh, at uh, Cinematronics uh, says, which movie star slash filmmaker would you love and hate to move in next door? Uh, hate Jennifer Lawrence. Why? Because... I love my wife. wife and, and, and it'd be one of those things where you'd be going... Because obviously she'd look at me and be straight away, I want that. But, but, there'd always, you know, always be that thing of... Jeez, what, what, what if she actually ever did? Like, she came on a bit drunk one night and I was, like, out putting the garbage out and she was like, I, 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 I think we should do something. And you'd be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That one. So, yeah, I, 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 can, I, can, I can see that one. Um... That's that's a that, that's that's a good thought process to go through. Um, mine mine would be Michael Sarah. Because because I because literally every time I saw him I'd want to hit him. Uh, but, but most who would I most like to move in next door to me? Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Elaborate. Because <laughs> I just think he'd be an awesome next door neighbour, man. Like fucking. Having a barbecue with Steve Buscemi, going for a drink with Steve Buscemi. Yeah, uh, Hugh Jackman. Of your mind, because you get the idea that a you'd always be able to borrow tools off him because he'd have them all. Uh, he, he he just seemed like a really nice guy, and again the barbecue thing. I reckon he could cook up a fucking storm, and oh, he'd have a like, great yeah. sing along. He looks like he'd be great to go for a beer with. He also seems like the kind of guy who'd offer to look after your kids. Probably not even offer. Probably say, "Ah, oh, I'm just we're off we're off to the park today. Just just does this want to come?" And stuff like that. He'd just be a really mm. good neighbour. Yeah, he, he does. No, fair enough. He, he does That's seem good. like he, he'd be a good guy with it. Uh, but also Jennifer Lawrence, just in case she ever did want to, um, you know, get down. Even though I do, I do love my wife, and she's probably listening to this right now, and she's going to punch me in the face when I get out of there. Or say, you know what, you'd be all right, I'd let you off. Um, Tom, at Very Cinematic, uh, you've reviewed Bad Neighbours today, but who was the worst neighbour or flatmate you ever had? Worst neighbour was our landlord, because he was our landlord, and we were at uni. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. Um, mine was um, in, in our first flat we lived below um, a group of um, Chinese people and that's not like bad um, no problem I actually I, I we lived next door to a group of Chinese students and aside from the fact that they are a little bit messy um, with the outside space they are perfect yeah, uh, the people who live downstairs were, were also uh Chinese and they they were great. The people who lived upstairs worked in the Chinese restaurant, Chinese restaurant, not Chinese restaurant, Chinese takeaway up the road, uh, which opened at seven and closed at four in the morning. And to get to their flat, they had to essentially walk through the main door. And there was a corridor that ran next to where our flat was and where our bedroom was. And they would stand in there and have conversations in there at four in the morning. Uh, and then. They'd be upstairs. They were incredible. The people who lived there for six months before that never had a peep from upstairs. 
But these people literally, like they were jumping from spot to spot all of the time, which led to me getting incredibly angry with them once um, on Christmas Eve um, and having an argument with them um, in the hallway um, where at the time I had a knife in my hand because I'd been, I was cooking and I didn't realise I had the knife in my hand at the time. I didn't realise that I was pointing at them, because I'm quite animated when I talk, but I was pointing at them with the knife uh, and was, was saying, if you continue to do it, I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill all of you. And I had a knife in my hand at the time. Um, <laughs> and then um, one of them, and I, it was, this was, this was at, at past midnight on Christmas Eve, and they were still been incredibly loud to the point of where I was just annoyed and then one of them said something yeah. back to me that just that just literally was the straw that brought the camel's back. And I darted upstairs and they tried to slam the door on me. I burst through into the door, got into the room with this knife, then realised I was stood like in their living room. There was about nine of them. And I had a knife. And it was at that moment that I went, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> and nice. at that moment I went, I swear to God, if this happens again, I will fucking kill you all. And then I walked out as calm as possible. The next morning, which was Christmas Day morning, as we set off to go to Becky's parents, there was a letter put under the door, which was like a two sides of A4 letter apologising for making loads of noise. Nice. I literally threatened them <laughs> with a knife. That, that's the way. <laughs> to not do that. Blimey. <laughs> And I'm not a violent person in any way. The knife just happened to be in my hand at the time. It wasn't a small knife either. It was a really big one. Uh, I think that's all the questions we've got. We moved out like, we moved out like four months later. I, it wasn't until I got downstairs that I said to Becky, I was like, shit, I think I just threatened to kill people whilst brandishing a knife at them. <laughs> so the police are coming, like, yeah, probably. Probably, and I, I won't be able to explain my way out of this. Um, I think that's all the questions we've got uh, this week. Um, so, yeah, so go on in, Ian. Uh, what's your idea for next week's show? Frank. Oh, without question. The wind rises. Ooh, yes. That. Um, yes. Uh, sorry, just a sec. I am absolutely uh, up for both of those. Um, okay, and uh, yeah, so do those some trailer talking some one old one new, just because we haven't done one old one new in a yeah, while. Yeah, and which is quite weird because I've watched an awful lot of films this week. <laughs> I've, been, yes. I've had a terrible well, week. I've had a terrible week, and if I have a terrible week, I tend to watch a shitload of films. So, oh. so one of those may come forward into into next week. I'll see what I watch for the rest of this week. Uh, so that was episode 64 of uh, Doing the Monkey. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, three films which I think were, um, you know, none of them were terrible. None of them were bad. Oh, yeah, we didn't, have a, we didn't have a shit one of them uh, in the bunch. Um, so hopefully um, people have enjoyed watching films over the bank holiday weekend. Um, Ian, anything else to add? Uh, no, but out of the free Blue Ruin by, by a company. Oh, yeah, without, without question. Um, you know, watch the sacrament because there's enough there to easily make it um, a, a, a very watchable film. Um, bad name is don't rush to see it at the cinema if you don't want to see it. 
at the cinema. Um, it, you can quite easily wait for that shit to show up. On if if you don't think you're going to like Bad Neighbours, you're not yes. going to like Bad Neighbours. If you do think you are, then you yeah, will. Uh, it, and if if you if you want to see Zac Efron without his shirt on for literally the entire duration of a movie, it is the perfect movie for you. Which, to be fair, they basically comment and say, yeah. we're doing this because Zac Efron's yeah. hot. You know? it, it, the fact that at the end of it, he is it literally, all he has left is the fact that he's, he's buff. Yeah. Uh, which, which is fair enough, he is incredibly buff. Uh, and congratulations to him on that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so thank you very much for listening, and we'll speak to you next week. Cheers, guys. Bye. <laughs>